Hey there, I'm Danielle Ackeson, and this is the Silver Lining Live podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. I believe something can be learned from every situation. The Silver Lining Life gives everyone a voice. Real life people and experts share their life. They share how they've overcome tragedy, their victories, and their defining moments. So why is this important? Because it's easy to look at a person and think it's been so easy, quick, or perfect for them. But that is so far from reality. There is work, struggle, and heartbreak. As we will learn, a silver lining life isn't a perfect life. It's about enjoying the life you've been given and even those hard times. So sit back and get ready. It's going to be a fun ride. Hi, welcome back to the Silver Lining Life podcast. I am really excited today to share with you Jason Henderson. Jason is the husband of one of my good friends, Melissa, and I wanted him to come on the podcast to share um how and why he is in kind of the political arena of our our small town so um, welcome jason hi good good to talk to you (laughs) i i'm i'm super excited you're here so um jason is um, a husband a father of three boys and he is also the surveyor of tipton indiana which is where we live so um he is going to share his story about his kind of political journey and why he's ended up here. So welcome, Jason. Thank you very much. And you know, before we jump all the way into maybe some of the things that I've looked at, you know, earlier in my life, I did want to point out, it seems like that every profession, every uh, whatever else you want to call it seems to have a designated week, if it's not necessarily a month. And just by chance, this week, honestly, is National Surveyors Week. So, um, (laughs) Uh, we're, we're charged with going out and talking about some different things and getting some resolutions passed and, and the governor passed one, president Trump passed one that's designated it. And, um, but I did want to point out that, um, in Indiana, you know, we have licensed surveyors and in Indiana, we only have 753 licensed professional surveyors. Those are the guys that you'll see out, you know, um, maybe marking property lines or doing some different things along those lines. And of those 753, really only two thirds of them practice in our state. And the age on that is um, really climbing up. So they're really uh, looking for new individuals to uh, maybe move into that. Um, and in Indiana, you got to have an associate's degree um, as compared to like, if you're going to be a full on engineer, which uh, last year in Indiana, the State Board of Registration licensed 30 new land surveyors uh, as compared to the Board of Engineers who licensed about 2,000 new engineers. So the neat thing about surveying, yeah, yeah, the neat thing about surveying is it kind of combines history and you can be indoors or outdoors. And, uh, you know, you talked about being county surveyor or being a surveyor, and that's exactly what I am. So I thought it was kind of kind of funny that that we were getting together this week and and we were going to talk about that when it was surveyors week that's so interesting and for sure you're the only surveyor i know obviously um (laughs) but um that isn't something i ever even remember being breached at school like i don't remember anyone ever talking about a surveyor and it's very important (laughs) so it's funny it's funny that it's it's never there at like a job fair you're not learning about it or like in a class of school you're not learning about what a surveyor is so I'm glad that you mentioned that. Exactly right. And, you know, um, it's, it's kind of interesting how I ended up becoming a licensed surveyor. Um, a lot of it was due to my mother. Um, 
whenever me and I have two brothers, um, mm-hmm. they both uh, graduated locally. And whenever my mother was, um, when we were growing up, we lost our father whenever I was about 10 years old. And so we were raised by a, a single parent and we could understand, um, or at least I can understand the challenges of that. Me and my brothers, both, uh, we all graduated, we moved on. One of them became an attorney and the other one is a member of law enforcement at the sheriff's department. So uh, we were some of the lucky ones, I think, um, when it comes out to the challenges that kids can be faced. But oh, yeah. My, yeah, my mother, um, one of her jobs that she had was actually, she was working on a survey crew at one time and um, she decided to move on to something else. But just about like with every other job or relationship, um, you can get jobs, you can get uh, work by who you know, or, or at least from a, a relationship that someone, a friend of a friend of a friend. And um, I started working there and then you fast forward. And um, I went through the time and effort to get the education and take the exam. And now I am the county surveyor, which has spread out into politics. So that, that, <laughs> now, that, that. now you have to be elected to become the county surveyor as well, right? That's correct. Uh, and, and, and at least in Indiana, which is where I'm from, we indiana you do have to be elected there are some almost all the offices yeah yeah you've got to be elected some of them have term limits um eight years actually in fact the surveyor does not have any um term limits so i could be it for as long or as short as i want or until obviously the voters said that hey jason we want to try something different but uh, i am entering my 13th year as the county surveyor so um Wow. Yes, is it was kind of, kind of. Uh, it's really amazing how quick the times went by, and I've got to. The neat part is, I've got to meet a lot of different people, politicians who went through here. I, the commissioners, they've changed over. I get to meet all these other different people, and the neat part about uh, being county surveyor and surveyor is you get to walk um, on the ground. You're face to face with a lot of people who are having issues, and hopefully you can try to help them out. But um, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. That's so interesting. Okay, so how did you go from, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a server. Oh, and can you explain what, for people who are listening who are like, I have no idea what this person is talking about. What, what is a surveyor? Like, sure. In, in broad terms. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily uh, whenever you say, hey, someone's going to do a survey. Sometimes you think it's a, a, a telemarketer that might be calling. And that's definitely not <laughs> what we do. We are, um, if you've ever owned property or you've ever seen anything constructed, um, we're the type of guys that you would see outside that are putting these flags in the ground that's going to show where something is going to go, something that's going to be built or something that is going to be sold. Um, there's, we go out and mark property lines. The surveyor marks property lines. The surveyor can deal with elevations. Um, the surveyor, um, he has to be able to articulate in in different words in a drawing of why he or she is setting this as the property line or the boundary line and then they go out and they put the markers in the ground and and then you as an owner or you as a developer or you as a community know okay this really is where my property stops and i don't want to really you know get in trouble by going across the line or doing or or god gosh forbid build something that um was across your property line um, <laughs> so yeah and, and that that's has disastrous happened. yeah that has happened 
then those are always exciting conversations. I would imagine. (laughs) Yes. So how did you decide to go from doing that privately to then doing that um, in the, yeah, I was going to say publicly and then I was like, I don't know that that's the right (laughs) right term for that. Okay. So, so go from that privately to doing it publicly. So going from privately um, to publicly, um, this will be is, is going to kind of be interesting. So whenever I got licensed as a surveyor in 2003, that means I could do my own business, whatever I wanted to do. I was still working in Indianapolis, and my wife, um, we have three uh, beautiful boys. My wife, she, we had had one child, and I was commuting back and forth to Indianapolis, and you know daycare and all these other costs can be very expensive. She gets pregnant with the second one, and we have uh, Mason. And then at that point, it's almost like a financial consideration. Um, and, and I started thinking to myself, you know, I, I'm spending one hour on the road, one hour driving back. I want to be able to be around when they're growing up. I want to be able to, uh, you know, get away and, and, and participate fully instead of having to be down there and, and doing different things. So um, I ran for actually a, a fiscal position, which was a county council. I was not successful. So then I ran for a county surveyor and I was successful. And the neat part about that was that the gentleman that, that I had unseated, I only won by seven votes. And, oh my and I gosh. Think that in a countywide election, seven votes, yes. And then in the fall of that same year, there was another opponent put in against me and I, I won that by 43 votes. So it, they were very close. Very, very oh my close, gosh. Obviously. Yeah, it was it was um it was really an interesting thing <laughs> yeah yeah so um but that was that was really one of the decisions of why to be here and i'm sure if you talk to melissa now she's going to say uh she probably sees me less than uh <laughs> when i was working in indianapolis um, <laughs> but but one of the boys is in college and the the other ones in uh high school and then our youngest our little angel he's um in seventh grade so they're still still i'm still around them all the time so that's nice even if it's in the evenings you know they yeah they're they're good boys so um and you're here locally if they would need you as opposed to an hour drive yeah absolutely i can just if you got to go to a school meeting or a conference or something or you got to take them to a doctor's appointment yes so um the interesting thing that, that it's funny that you mentioned that um the the um the requirement for any elected official to receive their 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 pay is that they have to be in the office one day a year that's it so, that's <laughs> it so it, it, of course if i was only in here one day a year uh i doubt i would have got reelected or been successful <laughs> or anything like that so it it does take a, but yeah any elected official in indiana um, only has to be in office one day and then they can collect their full salary. So it's, oh my gosh, that's crazy! I know it is. It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I wonder it's how many people important. take advantage of that. Or now that you said it, they're like, "Oh, <laughs> well, I've been putting in too much time." Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when, whenever we, um, whenever I ran that first time, Indiana has a unique law that says they they value um, licensed surveyors in the county surveyor position. I don't. I didn't probably mention that that the gentleman I beat. Um, he was not a licensed surveyor. Therefore, some of the duties of the office, he was required to um, farm out. He was not able to legally do himself, which, mm-hmm. you know, 
there's 92 counties. I think only maybe a quarter of them have a licensed surveyor. But the Indiana law says that, you know, if you're going to, if there are county surveyors in there, then you've got to pay them one and a half times the amount of what a non-surveyor makes. You know, hmm. so, it, mm -hmm. so if it's 20000 then you got to pay them one and a half times that. So after I was successful that first year, because um, I, I know I, I've listened to your stuff, and, and mm -hmm. you try to kind of find silver linings. So here's going to be where some of the heartache came in. When, when I got elected, um, they had already, they had a salary set of $30,000 for the, for the gentleman who wasn't licensed. So mm -hmm. I go in front of this fiscal body and I say, this is what the law says. And, and that law is still true today. Uh, so I said, you know, I'm taking a pay cut from Indianapolis. We're going to make somewhere around $45,000. And uh, of course, all these numbers are public records. So it's not as though I'm telling any secrets. <laughs> but, so I go in front of this board and what they say is they say, okay, well, we're going to make officially the licensed uh, non-licensed land surveyor salary twenty thousand dollars. So, oh, oh yeah. So they did a reverse engineer. So they 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 came in compliance with the law, and um, so they really said it as to the fact where um, I wasn't going to make forty five thousand. I was going to make the thirty two thousand dollars. I went home. I told my wife. Uh, we both kind of cried a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> And because, you know, you're, you're going from a decent paying job because the money's not always about everything. It's right. just so you can be closer to your family and say, okay, well, I think we can scrimp and save and, and 45,000 and Melissa, you'll still work part time. And then, um, and then they take it down another 15,000. And I, so we sit there and talked about it. And I, we said, and she backed me on this. I said, you know, we just can't, you know, we can't let them win. I, Daniel, I, I don't know if you know this, but, um, a while ago, there was a place called mm, Tipton Karate Academy, and they would teach, um, by the way, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, um, third degree black belt, and, <laughs> and, and so is my, my wife's a, a show on, she's first degree, but um, when I was down at Tipton Karate Academy, you know, they would always teach you these different things, and believe it or not, I, I have a lot of, um, I get antsy and stuff, so that's mm -hmm. how I really got into karate, but they teach you how to counter different things or to, you know, to roll with the punches, to do this, this, and this. And so we sit there and talked and I, we thought, well, you know what, we're not going to let them show them that they beat us. And so we stayed on and we made it through and, mm -hmm. and we're, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're here today doing what we do with surveying and, and, and the County side, it's been really rewarding. You get to work on some big projects um, on the County side. It's not more property surveying or on the public side, it's not more property surveying or, or boundary lines. Although I have done surveys for the county um, to save the citizens money instead mm -hmm. of it having to be contracted out. Um, we actually did some stuff out near the hospital. We'd done the, the school expansion and that was all free so that, that they wouldn't have to pay a consultant. Yeah. But, yeah. So it's, 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 it's a, it's pretty rewarding. Um, it can be, but just like with every other government, it seems like they're more and more strapped with um, financial issues. So yeah. whenever, I, whenever I first started, it was me and two full-time employees. Now it's me, one full-time employee, and a half a part-time employee. So we still got to service the entire county, and we have. Way I like less. to say, yeah <laughs> yeah the way the way I like to say what the county surveyor does is if you're driving down the highway 
and there's some branches sticking out and your car's hitting them Well, you're going to call the highway department and they're going to come out and fix it. That's what the county surveyor does only for ditches, creeks, and tiles, things that drain the land. So there's mm-hmm. special, there's special, special monies that he, he or she uses to go out to make sure that those are working. And um, that, that's, and that in itself, we have 192 of those in our county. So it takes wow. a lot of management. Yeah, exactly. And if one of them breaks down, you can imagine if somebody breaks down near a business or if it breaks down and it can hurt crops, it can obviously flood properties. So we, we have to do a lot of work to stay on top of those. And we rely a lot on the citizens to report those issues. Mm-hmm. And then we go get them. We try, we go try to go get them fixed. So, yeah. How interesting. So I think that it is so fascinating that, you know, you come into this position and it's, it ends up not being exactly what you thought it was going to be, especially pay wise. And of course, like, we don't want to think like money is everything, but when you're, right. when you have three children sure. <laughs> at a home and the expenses that come with the family, I mean, that is, that is a huge hit. And so how, like, how did you go from, and, and I, like, I totally understand the karate side of that and, and the mindset yeah. work that has to come from that. But I feel like it takes a pretty big man <laughs> to be like, <laughs> you know what? That's fine. I'm still going to move forward because that right. would be so hard. Like, how did you not take that so personally and so negatively? Because I feel like it would have been justified. You know what I mean? You know, it, that is one of the hardest things about politics. Every one of those people who did that to me, um, they're no longer in government. They no uh-huh. longer sit in that fiscal body. But, you know, you still see them in the community. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand what their, um, what their thinking was at the time. One of the guys that was on that board that, that did that to the salary, um, he's apologized to me uh, on a different, different occasions. But it, it's just um, – so, in other words, to wait to make up a, a, a means and um, make sure that we could – have a nice life. Uh, I still have to do private surveying. Um, yeah. On, on, on weekends. And you know, a lot of, a lot of, I'm sure your listeners and stuff, they all have one or two jobs. Almost everybody that works at the, at, at the courthouse in Tipton, they have mm-hmm. another job. So yeah, um, it's, uh, it, it was, it was trying at that time. I got to tell you, it was really, really, really trying, but um the re- the relationships with some of the people I've had since then, it's kind of, it's been really nice. That's really cool. So then that of course leads me to then my next question. Um, yes. You know, as, as a, as a young, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in quotes that I, that I'm young because I'm sure my children don't view me as being young, <laughs> but <laughs> as right. a younger, a younger person in this society, the idea of running for politics makes me want to vomit. Like I cannot imagine running for politics and especially even your example of, you know, you ran, you won. And then they were like, Oh yeah, sorry. Well, we told you you were going to be paid. You're not going to be paid that we're going to make a substantial like cut from that. So like how, how, how do you have that drive? Like how do you make it? So you're like, not only, am I going to continue running to be surveyor? But I'm also now going, spoiler alert, everyone, he is running for mayor. Right, town. Exactly. So how, how, how do you find that? Or because, is it a calling or, or how does that work? I guess. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. I was voted um, my high school year. I was voted the laziest uh, of my class. And Shut they up. would hand out different <laughs> words. No, they were, I swear to you. 
I know it was crazy. The laziest of my class, I had these nickname of Skip because I miss school a lot. You know, I just take it off. And uh, but uh, <laughs> and then you and then you move forward and now and it's almost like the complete opposite. So, um, but I guess the way I, I kind of make it uh, um, rewarding is is by working hard enough to get younger people involved and placed on boards. Um, we had to work hard to get somebody placed on the plant commission. And I think it's like with any other job you want to make it, could I do just the bare minimum, which would be just take care of the drains and just do this and, and, and you know, not, not really push it as far as I can go and do all these other things, try to be uh, the best person that I can be. Um, yeah, it, that, that, that's what it is satisfying whenever you get to see the fact that, you really help somebody and they say, thank you. Um, those are very few and far between. It's more like, it's like you're saying, it's easier. It's almost the word politician um, has almost become, uh, it really is a negative word in yeah. society today. If you, Melissa will get mad at me because I will every once in a while say, you know, I'm a politician <laughs> instead of a, <laughs> a surveyor or something like that. Because whenever you do get like a law or something passed and you really work well with other commissioners and stuff, um, it, it is rewarding. It, it can be rewarding whenever you get somebody to a, a resolution. And the nice thing is it really all boils down to just communication and talking things out and trying to make things as successful as possible. I've tried to help every form of government that we do have, which is um, all the small towns. I'll go help them out, whatever I can do for them, whether it's do a survey or do anything else. So mm -hmm. it's, it, it has been nice. Yes. So how did you decide, like, okay, I'm going to run for mayor? And what did okay. your wife say? <laughs> well, yes, of course, I had to ask my wife and the family. And um, <laughs> Politics seems to boil down to a lot of opportunity. One of the things where when I won my surveyor's election by only seven votes, you can show you how hard it is to switch somebody up. Our current mayor is not running for re-election. So he's, after eight years, he's done. Um, and he, he made that known late last year. And so some people have asked me, well, Jason, you just ran for surveyor, but now why are you going to run for mayor? One of the factors was opportunity. And the other one was whether or not the mayor uh, was going to run for a third term. Um, so uh, after that, we, I started thinking and I started thinking, you, you try to think about uh, all the people around you that you know, and you try to think about all the issues and, and the things that can or cannot be changed. And I started thinking about my kids and I started thinking about my mom who lives locally and how can we make uh, Tipton, you know, as successful as possible as, as it possibly can. And Danielle, there has been some momentum, at least from um, the younger side. Um, you've got some yes. people in their thirties. Uh, I don't know if it's appropriate to drop names or not. It's okay. You, it's okay. <laughs> you, got, you got, you got Mr. Thompson uh, teacher out there. He's serving on two or three different boards for the city now. Uh, Keegan Schmicker, another younger dude, ran for county commissioner uh, mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. He owns a local business. He's very active in city and county stuff and is still working hard to make his community better, even though he yeah. didn't win, even though he didn't win. Uh, Crane, uh, he, he's another guy who's really worked hard to get grants in that Main Street Association. So some of these, these the, it is getting younger. It's going to have to get younger because uh, these people will or will not run for offices and um, we'll just see how things how things play out, but uh, I really want to see Tipton grow. I, I want to see more recreational opportunities. We're, we were looking at a drainage uh, project through 
our park area. I want to extend urban and rural trails out, um, you know, rails <laughs> to trails. And yes. the, yeah, the, the thing of it is, as, as the surveyor, um, you know, I understand that on how all those things seem to work and, and not to get too, not to get too heavy on it, but uh, our community is uh, like a lot of small communities. We're faced with a lot of uh, dilapidated structures, houses, um, things that, that just are unpleasant to look at and it can affect tax value. So I'm going to work um, hard and I think that there should be a, a, a citizen hearing authority that takes care of these issues. That's what our competitors do. And there's nothing wrong with looking to see what your competitors do. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what we're, we'd look at doing right now. If you, if you had a, a burnout building that was beside you and mm -hmm. the person lived out of county or out of city, uh, the, the hearing authority is called the Board of Works. And they're the ones who would be responsible for taking that down, um, getting it demolished and this in the last 28 years they've done that three times so oh my gosh <laughs> and, and the, the problem danielle is that board is made up of the three politicians so that's why i would like to see it go to a five-member citizen board the board of works will still be there but i and i get the thing about the politicians it'd be hard to sit across from your neighbor saying hey we're going to tear your house down when you're running mm -hmm. for election or re-election yeah it's not going to play very well so it's a, a third rail so the way you fix it is you put it in the citizens' hands and we could get structures removed and then repurposed um, those areas in three months instead of uh, three years. So that's that's one of the key things that um, I'm really excited about. That and the recreational opportunities. We have a, um, currently we have a um, parks department, which mm -hmm. uh, is done really well by Dan Diana, but we also uh, could use, now we can step to the next level, which is the recreational park where we could get some young college person or someone um, to, who could manage an actual rec part department, you know, schedule basketball outdoor tournaments, schedule the, the sand volleyball tournaments, help bring in some um, overall baseball tournaments and big things like that. And just more recreational, I think, is, yeah. is one of the bigger amenities. I don't know that we necessarily need more factories or anything in the city proper. Um, we need to take care of the ones we got here, Park 100, all these, the hospital, all these others are beautiful jewels that, that, that make our community better. But, um, and then we need to be positioned for, for growth. But I kind of like Tipton the way it is with, with, it, with, with its kind of close-knit, small-town mm -hmm. feel, obviously. But we can still give them more reasons for people to move here and live here that yeah. doesn't have to be factory. We've got easy ways now to drive in and out. Um, you can be to Carmel in 30 minutes. You can be, you know, wherever else if you had to commute. So oh yeah, they want to call it a bedroom community. And there's nothing wrong with calling it, I guess, a bedroom community. But let's make it the best uh, bedroom community that it can be. So we've got yeah. some nice recreational opportunities. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on it. I love that you are looking at what, what people like in young families want and what people and young families need to be here you know um we moved from a larger town once we had we we were originally from from a small from tipton and then yep. we moved and then we moved back once we had our kids and so we left an area that literally had everything like everything sure. you know and then we came we came um to tipton and we actually um, this is actually a very good story, which I'm not going to share in all of its detail, but we were in a bike accident that could mm. have killed my son and, and my husband. And by the grace of God, they were fine. 
And um, people were like, well, why were you out on a country road? And I was like, where did you want me to go? Like, <laughs> so I, I love when people are looking at things like that, that are not only making um, a place healthier, but also safer because I mean, it, it would have destroyed our lives. Oh, gosh, so, yes. and you know, I know you live in the country and mm -hmm. I, I think I'm pretty much, like I said, you know, I get to go throughout the, the, the county knowing where different people or different issues are at yeah and right 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 near you is an abandoned railroad track which could easily be converted yes to rails, the trails so i don't think that it just has to be limited to the city of tipton so yeah. i think the city of tipton can push those ideas out and you can easily get a grant for a rails to trails the county is finally with some uh some some, some different different thought has as are is implementing a parks board um, that's going to take care of a donation. Um, back in, um, oh gosh, I don't know what year it was, uh, as the county surveyor, I was sitting down eating um, uh, some pancake breakfast. There was a gentleman right beside me, <laughs> and his name was Matting Mattingly. And um, just through a conversation, Dan decided that he would donate, oh gosh, 10 acres um, of woods that's on Cicero Creek that's between our town and down at the dump. So he did donate that. So th there's two park areas that have went in. Working with my brother, Corey, um, he's the, the trustee. I know these are all weird titles for some of your <laughs> listeners, but uh, he's Cicero Township trustee. And working with him, um, he was able to put in the first dog park for our county. And um, mm -hmm. so it's really one of the, it's really just trying to think about, just like you said, those type of recreational, safe recreational activities where you can run, jog. And it's not just for, Danielle, it's not just for you, quote unquote, young people. You know, no, the, right. the seniors, they enjoy walking trails you might have yes. in the park you might have something along those lines so yeah it, it's it, it makes the whole community healthier without a doubt yes yes i yeah. love i absolutely love that and and yeah. i love that that people are are making these changes and so there you know there may be people listening who a are not from tipton because i feel like most of my listeners are not from not sure. from tipton except for this one because it's going to be listened to so widely from your supporters jason but right 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 <laughs> but like if someone is listening to this and they're like yes this guy understands like that like how I want to, I want to make this happen. Like, how do you recommend somebody listening to this and is like, this is what my little town needs. This is what my big town needs. How do they get involved? Because I feel like that is pretty overwhelming when you're like, I, like you're mentioning like trustees and council and commissioners and things like that. Like they have no concept, but just as a regular citizen, how do you get involved? Well, that, that's a fantastic question. And all I can tell you is this government does, does move slow. So let's say you're sitting somewhere, a small community, and you want to get something done with your parks department, or you see a playground or something like that, you're going to have to be prepared to be the squeaky wheel because the squeaky wheel does get oil. So yes. it's, not, it's not just going to be one person, though. It's got to be, you know, two or three people who are willing to attend meetings and say, hey, we really need this for our community. And we're willing to – the best thing for a politician is when they're sitting there and someone comes in and they've already uh, done the work or the research for them and they can lay down some tangible evidence. Um, one of the, this is a really silly one, but one of these, I was on the opposite end. I was the county surveyor, me and my brother, again, the trustee, Corey Henderson. We thought it made sense for Halloween to occur two nights. And the reason being is because if one, it, it seems like always in Indiana, one night rains 
Okay. And then that's the night of Halloween. And then the next night it's completely dry. <laughs> or, or being from a single mother, uh, uh-huh. yeah, from my, from single parent, she, um, when, when they, whenever people are divorced or they got to go to different grandparents, somebody might have them one night, you got to try. And I know you, I think you, you still have, I know you have young kids. So yeah. you got to load mm-hmm. them up in the pumpkin seat and you got to go visit grandma and grandpa and, buy, and on Halloween night, and then they really don't have any time for trick or treating. So Corey and I went to a city council meeting and we had laid out, we'd done some research about, oh, Halloween's becoming this, this, and this, and how much candy and how much, uh, you know, uh, you can do downtown. So it, it really, taking in that evidence, taking in those, just like I said earlier, look at what your neighbor's doing and why are they doing that? And then go present it to those people. But you it really, you've got to be prepared that it, 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 can, it can take, you know, a year. But mm-hmm. they can't get to that point. You just got to keep the discussion going. So yeah, two or three people that are consistent to go to a meeting once a month and make sure that those politicians are watching on your local level. Uh, it can get the job done. It can get I, the job done. I love done. that. I yeah. love that. When um, we, when, before we lived here across the street from us, um, the house had caught on fire and I, I called, I emailed and I got that thing taken down and people were like, I See? don't understand how you did this. And I was like, it was just constantly calling. That's They're what going it is. to eventually do it. That's so, what it is. Now, so I love that you brought that example up earlier. Yes. And, and all I'd ask is that, and I imagine since I, I, I kind of know who you are, that you, when you were calling and asking about it, you were doing it in the most civil way that you yes. possibly could. You were just making sure that you were there in their ear. Hey, yes. what, is there any updates? Is there any updates? It, it's, yep. it's, 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 it's polite pestering i guess you could call it it's not yes it's not negative because uh, sometimes when it goes negative the it's human reaction to dig your heels in no matter which side you're on and make it very very difficult and unfortunately um our county and our community has experienced that over uh, over some period of time so but yeah yeah so no i think that's a a really good point one other point before i get to my last questions sure um is that it is incredible to me because, and I know that there are so many examples of when people say my vote doesn't count, that you won your first election or your second election, I guess, by seven votes. And then the whole like, elect, so the primary and then the whole election by 43 votes. That yes. proves that voting matters. <laughs> that is it, so important. That's incredible. It does, especially on your local level. I mean, I'm telling you that it's... Uh, the city of Tipton election that's going to be coming up in the primary. There will only, there's 5,000 people in the city limits. Mm-hmm. There will only be 900 votes that will be cast. That is crazy. At, isn't it though? It really is. It's unbelievable. And I, um, I've never understood that. I, and um, I remember like being like turning 18, being able to vote and I voted in every single election, which I, I know like is probably weird to some people. And even sometimes I think to my husband, like he's like, it's the primary, what's the big deal? And, but there are really important issues. And if you know that this person stands for something that you truly believe in and want to happen, if you're not voting, they may not get in. And then it's that much more time that passes before what you want to happen can happen or it never does. Oh, and Danielle, I do have to tell you this part. Uh, if you ever say, you know, you're sitting there talking to somebody that's local and say, you know what, I'll vote for you. And then you don't. Um, they have a way of 
checking to see if you actually <laughs> voted. Now, they won't be able to see who you voted for, but they can see if you did show up to the polls or if you voted absentee, which absentee starts around April 15th. And you can come do that at the courthouse at any time. But they can check to see if, in fact, and especially if you say, yeah, I voted, and then they go upstairs and they look, oh, well, that person did not vote. So... <laughs> I, 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 I've heard that argument about, you know, the, the vote doesn't count. And um, yeah, especially on national politics, there, yeah. there may, may, may or may not be some validity to that. But definitely on those people you see every day who can affect your lives in a day-to-day -day basis, I think. Right. You, seven votes. Yeah, it's crazy. That, crazy. That's incredible. Incredible. Okay. I could talk about this all day because I actually okay. really love politics. Not that I want to run, but I love talking about it. Um, but I'm going to go to my last two questions. And I sure. actually changed um, one of the questions that I typically ask. And so if someone is listening to this and they're thinking, I would, I would love to do this. I would love to, to run for office. What is your advice for them? Well, I, I think back um, just because you may or may not be successful the first time that you run. If you're really wanting to, to participate in government, um, the fact that you're weren't wanting to run um, says something to the, to the people. Um, like I said, that very first county council I ran for, I lost. Um, some of the commissioners, um, the first ones they ran for, they lost. So uh, it usually is like you got to prove, at least in our community, that you really want to do a job. And the nice part is, is if when you do run for office, then there's all these other boards that these elected officials have got to put people on. And that's a good way to get the feet wet. Um, you definitely got to have the backing of your family. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that people do not like negative politics and the attack ads and stuff like that. And it can, it does, it does happen on local levels. So um, and there's some that, that, that happen or go on and, and you just don't want to participate. The, the best thing I've figured out is when if someone's attacking me now i can take it um <laughs> if they attack the family then then i i i will say something but but more than likely it's just you're they're attacking you the person um the only way you can really win with that is to not engage or not go tit for tat or not letter to the editor or this and, and get argumentative because it just it just doesn't work because i do just like you immediately answered the negative negativity um, of the politics, um, those negative ads, it gives everything a bad, a bad rap. And it does. Yeah, it does. Well, and then, then you're in this community with, with these people, win or lose, you still have to work with them in some capacity. Yeah, so exactly. then like you've slandered them all over the place and then you're going to be like at a pancake breakfast with them. Like that is just absurd <laughs> to me. Or exactly. like if you look on, on the national level where the, you know, the people running for president, they just bashed each other so horrifically. And then here they are smiling, shaking hands and, you know, promoting this person because they lost. Like, it just seems so icky and awful. And so yeah. like when, when people do run like a very positive campaign, they, you know, Leslie nope it and <laughs> are very positive. I, I mean, I'm fully on board with that kind of stuff. The negativity and just and especially when they go after people's families and things like that. Oh, yeah. It's just so it's uncalled ridiculous. for. It's like you, you want to think to yourself, okay, uh, this person did this uh, 10 years ago. And I, under I get the thing about social media and stuff like that. But there, you would think that somebody that did something that wasn't correct 
20, 30 years ago, you know, that's a completely different person who's matured age and they shouldn't necessarily always be held to that same, whatever it was that you did when you were in high school or, or some right. issue that you might've been, what, what would that possibly have to do with, with, with something nowadays? I, the other thing I would tell the people running is do not uh, hesitate to share your thoughts and your ideas and as detailed as possible because some opponents just speak in generalities. Oh, well, this has got to be done. If you've got a specific plan, and even if you don't win, so some people have asked me, Jason, you're, you know, you're, you're saying all these things, you're giving these specific solutions. Does it bother you that then maybe opponents or somebody else all of a sudden starts having the same ideas? I say, no, uh, absolutely not. Because if it really is a good idea, you can just get it moved forward, whether you're successful in your election or not. So I love people, that. And people, people remember that. And you live in this community. So if, yeah. if you don't win and someone takes your idea and puts it into action, you're still benefiting from it. So yeah, you're still a winner. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I love, I love that mindset. Yeah. So my last question, if you are just having a bad day, it's nothing horrific. You haven't lost an election or anything. They haven't taken away your $15,000. Um, how do you shift that funk um, to, to make it a better day? Well, I guess, uh, you know, we usually crank, crank up the iTunes or um, try to listen to some music that would be relaxing. Just try to get your mind completely away from whatever you might be dwelling on that makes it a bad day. Exercise, you know, if you can go out and walk or do anything like that, I try to do that. Sometimes it's nice to be alone with your thoughts. Just go for a, a nice walk. And then it all else fails, you know, you just go and just uh, make sure you shut the, free, the phone off. You shut yeah. everything off and you sit there uh, and try to talk with the family or maybe have a family night and watch, watch a movie. Um, so yeah, that's what we try to do. And uh, it's, it, it, it is just as stressful um, for my <laughs> wife and my kids as whenever I'm running and um, uh, it, 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 it's, it's hard. It's hard for them. It's hard on your families just as much. Yeah. Um, whenever you put yourself out there, um, it, it can really be, it says a lot about you as a person that you're willing to take that risk and get out there and do those things. So Oh, I, I agree. Everybody to do that. Yeah. And I, um, you know, you mentioned your family and how hard it is on them. And I feel like it would be so hard as they are in the community and they are hearing these things, you know, cause it, like you said, if, if somebody is bringing your family into it, it makes it totally different than if they're like coming at you and like, yeah. so your family is having to hear that. And I just, I just feel like that would be really, really hard, but I feel like you just have such a great family and I feel like they, they handle things so well. Um, I mean, you have such great kids and, and yeah, your wife, I think the world of obviously. Um, yeah. and, so and, and I do have to remind her every once in a while, Daniel, that, um, uh, Melissa, you know, you can't be getting on Facebook and you know <laughs> attacking or defending, you know, you gotta, it's almost like LeBron in the playoffs. You gotta go silent during election time. And as much as you <laughs> want to get in there and, and, you know, defend your husband or defend your friends or whoever else might be running yeah. or in office, you just can't, you can't do it because it's kind of a hard no win situation. Oh, so, for sure. For yeah. sure. I'm sure there's lots of ranting that happens behind closed doors. <laughs> oh, yes, there is. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. I, I so appreciate you spending this time with me today. Uh, it's been, it's been so interesting and I wish you the very best of luck, um, in well, this political you. season. Thank you very much, Danielle. And I've enjoyed, uh, talking these points out and, and sharing a little bit about me and my family with you guys. So yeah, thank you. 
Hey there, I just wanna take a quick second to talk to you about something I am super excited about. In June, June 9th specifically, we are taking the show off the internet, out of your earbuds, and we are going to hang out in real life. Oh my gosh, so exciting! We are going to learn practices that we can take home with us to be more mindful, to enjoy our lives, to find ourselves again. And it is going to be an incredible journey connecting with like-minded women. So if you are ready for this or there's a woman in your life who you think desperately needs this, send them over to thesilverliningdesign.com slash awaken. I can't wait to hug you in person.